Yeah. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play and we ride on them things like every day. Charlotte Daniels Band with Old Atlanta. Bad company with Old Atlanta and welcome to Atlanta from Jermaine Dupree. World Series heads back to Houston. If you're listening on Upload Day, thank you for that. It's Tuesday, November the 2nd, and tonight it is Game 6 of the World Series with the Braves and the Astros. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old. Put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act. I'm Preston Thompson. I'm the producer of the My Second Act podcast, a University of Alabama graduate and the show's resident millennial. Big day for everybody. Uh, it's election day, but for those that are in politics like yourself, PT, it's an even bigger and brighter day. We get fired every Tuesday in November. It's great. <laughs> so in honor of PT, go vote, right? Once, mm-hmm. once the polls close. They thin you out, do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, election day today. So, uh, do you vote. want them to vote for a specific candidate? No, no we can't do that. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> can't do that. Okay. Well, my name's Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife, and I'm a little heartbroken. I got to tell you, about the Braves. Yeah, about the Braves. It was just a rough night. I mean, I just think we went into it on Sunday night, Halloween night, um, with so much expectation, and it was just like it was. Maybe that was our mistake in Atlanta. It was like we assumed the sale. We were lined up in the battery. We, I was ready to flip a car. I'm like, you know, and you know, I went through this with the Hawks and Trey Young. And I'm back on it with Jacques and the Pearls and Freddie Freeman. And you know, I love that Dansby Swanson. Gosh, I love him. So, I mean, I just, I, it's like Heartbreak City. Very disappointing. It was upsetting to me, though, the way that people turned on the oh, Braves my on gosh. social media last Quick. night. Quick. Um, it's like, guys, I mean, I the typical Braves. I hate the Braves now. Well, you loved them two hours ago. I know. When 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 there was a grand slam in the first inning of game five, and the Braves are up four nothing, I think, over the Astros in the first inning. Yeah, people you were turn, in love with your Braves then. They the people turn so quickly. And also Shit happens. it's not the, the other thing is it's not this particular team's fault of all the past Atlanta sports teams' foibles. It's like we get it that things haven't worked out and and you know maybe the Falcons or whatever, but I mean, my gosh, that's not this team. They've had a great run. And so let's just support them for heaven's sakes. But I feel good about tonight. You know, I I mean, I don't know. I think people say like, Oh, I mean, everybody wanted it to be in Atlanta and I get that, but you know what, as Brian Snicker said, he will take a world series wherever, wherever he can get it. Because regardless of uh, if we win game, we being the Braves, listen, we're, we're, we're We're on the team. We're from Atlanta. We're, we're, we're partial to the Braves. Uh, if they win tonight, Game Six, they win the series. If not, there is a Game Seven, which would be tomorrow night, November third. Yeah. But regardless, if the Braves are going to win, and, but it'll be in Houston. But they're just happy and shiny. They like playing the game. Those Houston's players are like haggard and old and beat up, and they just look angry and like they might cheat. I don't know. How about just that? a lot yeah. of that, you know. These Braves players—they're like shiny, happy, and they're just like so cute. You know what I mean? What did you think watching the game Sunday night, game uh, five? Did you think we had it in the bag after the Grand Slam in the first inning? Or did, I, mean, I did. I think that was kind of a precursor. I think that that was like a, for, a Again, foreshadowing. Yes, you've got this yeah. word foreshadowing going. Yes, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought that it was going to be, yeah. I mean, I think it, I thought it was like, okay, that just slammed the door. But, you know, we saw it the other, we saw it the, the previous game, Saturday night, that that had happened to the Braves and they came back. So why couldn't Houston come back? But yeah, I know, it's just sad. There is no bigger Atlanta Braves fan than Mr. Cameron, who is the uh, clogging choreographer of the Sassy Stompers clogging team. Mm. And he has, if you, he, he wants to pop in here to this episode, we'll do this quick, I promise, two minutes max, uh, to discuss uh, the Braves and the World Series and the loss Sunday night and uh, game six tonight. Oh, and uh, hey there, Billy. Billy, how are, hey are you doing? Okay, Santa. I was Hi. worried about you. Worried about you. Sunday night. Oh my lord, Cadillac Jack. Who? 
I tell you, uh, my heart can barely take it, it. But, you know, I just think just the hype and the pressure just got to them a little bit too much, and they just peaked too early. You know, I mean, they just came out too early. And, you know, Lord, who hasn't had that problem before? Whew. So, anyways, I'm excited about them tonight. And and they just out there in their little hotel with their adjoining rooms and pajama parties and whatever they do to get ready out there on the road by themselves. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Braves and six. That's what I said from the beginning is Braves and six. Is that it? So, okay. All right. Braves and six. So I'm excited. We're ready. I'm, I'm going to be all – I'm going to be ready to go. Again, it's killing my mornings. I know it's killing your mornings, Miss Donna, with that carpool. Good Lord Almighty. I know, but I can't go to bed. I've got to stay up to see what happens. i got to wear my pearls. Got to do it. You've got to do it. Anyways, how are you, Cadillac Jack, today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We are um, – Continuing to, you guys are rehearsing and practicing for the big performance of the Sassy Stompers at the Woodstock Christmas Parade, which is the first week of December, and we're honored to have you uh, world-renowned, right? Is that fair, Mr. Cameron? World-renowned clogging choreographer, and you have been to, uh, you've got you a natty, I believe, in the clogging world, and uh, got all the credentials, and you're doing wonders for this team of, uh, of, of nine women, plus Brandon, and then we have two alternates, right? Is that, is that the, the roster right now? Well, that's you're correct. It, it, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words, Cadillac Jack. And I, I just, I'm just a simple, a simple man who likes to likes to bring love out into the world. Like I've said before, through through clogging, and that's just my vehicle, and and I do enjoy it. But the, the most important thing I got going on right now is these fancy stompers. And I'm telling you what, Miss Donna is fire at boot camp. That girl is bringing it back there in the back of Angel's massage. And um, it's tight, but, you know, we're, we're getting it done. So uh, now our roster is is under duress, much like the Braves. I, I feel like we're trying to find starting pitchers. So we've had an injury, which, I, I you know, I don't know if you know, but we're going to lose one of our beloved members who's injured her ankle and can't continue. So we're going to be drafting a new member going to be drafting a new member and 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 just like in life we want to keep these things close to the family so we're going to be bringing in we're going to be bringing in preston to fill that to fill that gap and i'm i'm excited preston say hello to mr cameron hi hey there preston I, I got to be honest, I don't have a lot of experience in the world of dance. That's okay, right, Mr. Cameron? That's okay, right? That is absolutely fine. You don't need experience to be great. All of us have to have to branch out and and explore uh, some new things, experiment, <laughs> some might say. And um, I, I'm, I've cleared some time on my schedule for private lessons with you, Preslin, to get you up to speed. So don't you... Don't you worry your pretty little self one bit. You're going to have lots of time with Mr. Cameron. We're going to we're going to explore your whole deal and everything you've got going on down there. Great. Excellent. Well, at least, you know, only living in Woodstock means I won't embarrass myself at the uh, Christmas parade. I won't know anybody there having lived there for a couple of years now. Christ, so, that's good. so, but you're, you're, you're willing to, to, to roll the dice here and take a chance, right? Preston for the team, do one for the, take it for the team or at least Mr. Cam- take it, take it from, take it for rather, take it for Mr. Cameron. Well, based on that tirade, I don't think I have much of a choice here. Do I? <laughs> so sure. I mean, well, we're excited. We're excited to have you, Preston, and I'll get with you personally. Um, I'm, I don't know if your Cadillac Jack has your personal number, your number at home, um, and I'll be able to reach out to you, and 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 you can reach out to me, and we'll just reach out to each other uh, and Ka- just get this, get some of these lessons scheduled now. Uh, Mr. Cameron, if I may step in here real quick, uh, Preston sure. is a newlywed. He was, he was, he was just married. How long ago, Preston? PT? Uh, this past June. Just this past June, Mr. Cameron. So I think that we should should lay lay that foundation out there right now. I don't know what, you know, just I, I just think that you should know that. Well, he changed his mind five times at the University of Alabama. He says he's going to change his mind again. 
But look, right. that's just that's what that is neither here nor there. And I'm a professional, and and I know Preston yeah. is got all his many, many, many things that he's got his hands on. Not anymore. After this segment, I've got nothing going on. Lots of time together, and and I'm looking forward to that. I got a question for you. What's the handle for you, Mr. Clayton, on uh, on Instagram? It's at uh... now. It's at Mr. Dot. Mr. Did you have the dot? Mr. Dot Cameron Clark. I I was watching the Braves Sunday night. I was scrolling through Instagram, and and I I have. Why don't you follow me back on Instagram? Because you don't follow me. I follow you, but you don't follow me. I noticed. Well, that that is true. Cadillac Jack, there's only one man that I follow, and that's Taylor Lautner. I noticed that. From Twilight. From Twilight. The Taylor Lautner, that's the only man I follow on Instagram. That's the way it's been. That's the way it's always going to be. I am team, I'm team Jacob, and, and it's never going to change. All right, then. So I, I love Cadillac Jack. You know, we go way back. We go way back. The crying, loving, and leaving, and the buckboard, and all that. All those things that you and I both got into that we don't need to talk about right now, but they're just, it's a, it's, that's the only man I follow. And I love you. All right. But, but that's it. That's the way it is. So it's not just me then. It's, it's Taylor Lautner, I guess. It's, it has nothing to do with me personally, right? Uh, well, you know that I love you. Right. So let's just, I mean, I, you know, there's Taylor and then it's just everybody else. So, you know, I love you. It's not personal. Okay. It's just, um, you know, Taylor's my, he's my boy. And um, that's the, he's, he's just one day, maybe one day I'll get a chance to, to meet that boy and tell him how much he's meant to me. Oh, that's, that's special. That's nice. All right. Well, let's you're not, connected, Cadillac Jack. Maybe you line yeah. that up. Can you make well, that happen? A, you and Taylor Lautner, like sharing a coffee? Yes, that's his dream. Can you not do that? I don't. I don't have to get in touch with Taylor Lautner. Okay. Well, goodness gracious! I mean, you've been doing this since you know knee high to a grasshopper. I just figured. Well, that's surprising to me, Cadillac Jack. That's surprising. Everybody else is going all out for the sassy stompers. That's right. I mean, we've got Donna, and of course, yeah. we've got Mr. Preston. Yep. Just ready to go, aren't you, Mr. Preston? Mm-hmm. That boy's speechless. Listen to him. He's so excited. He can barely talk. Mm-hmm. Don't you worry about it. it, it but uh, everybody else is going all out. Why all right. can't you go out? Uh, let me see, get, I, let me see get, what I can Maybe get Taylor Lautner. Give us a shout out. Let me see. Okay. Yes. I'm sure that'll happen. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that, Mr. Cameron. All right. Let's, well, thank uh, you. I know you'll do all you can. Just like you did all you can for me over with Ask for Donna. Goodness gracious. Oh, that's right. Going out there. Got me a bed and a gallery getting furniture? me all kinds of stuff out there. That is fantastic. She took care of you. And she's a great she clogger. She's wonderful. Anything in particular you were looking at while you were looking, you know, at or for while you were out there in Gainesville, 1600 Browns Bridge Well, I need a new bed. I need a new bed. So, um, you know, and I just, there, I need a specific bed and, 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 it, well, and, and it has to have some very special things that, that, you know, I require. So, you know, not everybody carries that kind of stuff, but the personal attention you get out there gallery furniture and and ask for donna and she's she's been around she knows i got i got she to knows. ask Trust I, me. You're I, not gonna shock her with something you asked for i can tell you that right now you, i'm sorry you can donna donna was coughing you did what now you said about gallery well i just said that she just she helped me out with with all any kind of special requests you have and 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 she just they have a lot of personal attention out there i'll okay. just say that well, so i got some requirements for my bed and maybe i'll get a chance to post it maybe i'll get a chance to post it once it gets delivered because those guys got it going on out there so anyways it's a big day new bed new man braves tonight gonna take the world series braves tonight new man i think you're referring uh, to uh, your sub pt yes that's what i'm talking about my new man yeah okay Uh, my new man he's great i just i mean they're just new bloods exciting so we're gonna we're gonna get him right in there, and he'll be doing drags and stomps and heel back and rock and all. I'm just whoo, get off. Got a little excited talking about it just then. So, anyways, we're ready. We're ready to go tonight for the Braves boot camp three thirty, and um, I'm 
I'm just, I couldn't be more excited. I always am to talk to you. It's the best part of my week. Well, fantastic. What do you got, PT, for Mr. Cameron? Mr. Cameron, if I can get Taylor Lautner to join the clogging team, can I be excused? <laughs> I know it's a moonshot, but I feel like I can at least try. I tell you what, you get Taylor Lautner to show up, put on a pair of clogs, do one tap at the Woodstock Christmas Parade, and um, and, and yes, you, you be excused. Right, you be excused from the performance. But I tell you what, I, I'm not I'm not excusing you from from trying and entering the world, sure. of clogging the world sure. of clogging, and and so that part I think you know Sticks you need to experience and decide for yourself. Don't let anyone take that from you. Don't let them take that from you. Don't let everything you've been told and learned and brought up to believe. Don't don't let don't let people take your decisions. You make your own decisions. You have your own experiences and do your own exploring and experimenting, and then you make your decision, Mr. Preston. About, about clogging, right? About the, the, the art of clogging, I think is what we're yes, referring to. Yes, of course. Okay. The world right, of clogging. All right. Uh, the Mr. whole world. Right. The whole world of clogging. Anything you might discover while you're doing it. All right. Chief choreographer of the mm. Sassy Stompers clogging team. With uh, uh, Now Brand, uh, Brandon is still in, of course, uh, but now you got a buddy. Uh, in Mr. Cameron, PT, but also in uh, in Brandon. you got two guys on the team now. I know that excites you even more, Mr. Cameron. So we uh, appreciate your time very much, Donna. You'll see Mr. Cameron at 3.30 this I afternoon. I can't wait. Camp. All right, we got to uh, coach. Coach. I see you then, Miss Donna. You got it. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Mr. Cameron. Take care. All right, there you go. PT, welcome to the Sassy Stomping I mean, Stompers clocking team. Do you have tap shoes? No. <laughs> what? No, of course I'm sure I don't. he has a pair that, that he, can, he, can, he can, like, hammer your taps. That, uh, that, you know, well, that, that he, you know, he, he has to have, and he's a world champion clogging competitor. He's how got did, several pairs. How did Preston's name even get thrown into the I, ring? I, I, I mean, I, I just listen, don't understand. I had not, had no heads up about this at all. Did you know someone was on the injured reserve list? I didn't know to, that. Okay, well, Laura, didn't know that. Laura twisted her ankle, but here's the thing. He's been saying, he, he keeps saying at rehearsals, we could do more tricks if we had another boy. All right. Um, <clears throat> Thanksgiving is uh, coming up really, really soon. I'm excited for you, PT. I am. Me too, kind and, of. Um, you don't want to spend your day in the kitchen. You want to spend your day what? You want to spend your Thanksgiving day hiding from your in-laws. That's what no. you want to do. I'm sorry. Is this, this? No. You want to spend your day having a good time. There's nothing worse than if you're the person who is the host or hostess for Thanksgiving, then having to, you know, you're trying to keep every dish. This happens to me every year because you've got people coming from all parts of the city and you're just trying to keep your turkey warm and you're trying to keep your Brussels sprouts from being cold. And then these people show up and they're supposed to have pre-made their dish. Pre-cooked. You know who you are. Yeah. You show up and need to make your dish, which that sets the whole day off. And it's just really hard. All kidding aside. Why are you calling your sister out like that? I, I did not say it was my sister. But all kidding aside, for the person who's hosting, it can be very stressful. And that's not what the holiday is supposed to be about. So make it easy. Gourmet turkey breast, sour cream and chive mashed potatoes, a apple, raisin stuffing, some broccoli cheddar bake, a whole lot more. They got dessert. Serves eight, the Thanksgiving dinner package, dinner affair, dinner A F A R E dot com. Dinner affair. Uh, they put 15 brand new dinners on the website every single month. You pick the ones that you want. You're not forced, hey, by the way, Tuesday, you know, some of the meal prep services, not a meal delivery services, they you know, they they force you to take what they prepared. It's kind of like in, in, in school, when on the, the lunch menu, you saw a manager's special or manager's choice. Remember those days back in elementary school? Oh, yeah. School? That meant what? That they had too much of something. Peace. It's not like the, the cafeteria manager said, you know what? I know the kids love blank, and I'm going to I'm gonna nurture them and, and prepare that dish. Uh, no, it's, they had too many dino nuggets that were delivered to the cafeteria. That's why that's what you're having on manager's choice day. Uh, you're forced that meal. Never the case of dinner affair. You pick what you want to eat. You pick what your family enjoys. Whether it's two, four, or six dinners, pick them. They're delivered to your doorstep. Free delivery here in the Atlanta area. They also ship nationwide. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com. For 30 bucks off that first order, the promo code is CADDY2021. C-A-D-D-Y-2021. You heard uh, Mr. Cameron say right there, Donna, Gallery Furniture Gainesville. That's where you go for uh, all your needs, it seems. Uh, the bed that he described. Um, what, what is that? It's kind of, I look at it this way. It's like when you... You buy a brand new truck from a dealership, 
but you want some uh, you want some spinners or you want some a, a lift kit or something. I think mm-hmm. that's what Mr. Cameron's doing with this bedroom suite or suit. What what is he doing? Lifting uh, his I can't bed? imagine. Okay. I can't imagine. All like right. uh, you know those clasps that you put on your belt okay. maybe when Please. you hike. You yeah. have to hold your stuff. Maybe it spins. I don't. I don't know. Is it possible for an episode to get like a an X and triple X rating, or how's this going to go down? Yeah. Ask for Donna. Ask for the Wolfman, and now ask for the Wolfman's granddaughter and Marilyn's daughter, or I'm sorry, Donna's daughter, Marilyn. At uh, the showroom floor, sixteen thousand square feet. They got exactly what you're looking for: gallery furniture, sixteen hundred Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. As we do every episode of the My Second Act podcast, we're going to add two songs to the Hype Songs playlists that you can find and enjoy and explore on Spotify. Ladies first, Donna. Oh, okay. All right. My Hype Song is from Kanan Smith. Who? You, don't, you know Kanan Smith. I do. He had a, he had a decent hit about uh, five, eight years ago um, called uh, I Want to Love You Like That. Well, here's the thing about Kanan Smith. It, the song that I'm adding is called Catch Me If You Can. It's a great song. It's from his new album called High Country Road, or I'm sorry, High Country Sound, and he has not had a new album in six years. Yeah, well, since Love You Like That. Well, he's kind of like the country Rihanna. It's like, you know, we are talking the other day about how, like, she hasn't recorded an album in so long. It's funny to me, like, and maybe you can give some insight on this, like, after I finish talking about Kanan, but, like, is that something artists do on purpose? Is no. it... Kanan Smith, you don't think that he would have put out an album in the past six years to make money if he could have? But why wouldn't he? I mean, because he, nobody, he didn't have a record label. You had to have a, a record home for distribution. And well, I don't know about that through. anymore. You well, could do it on like your Kanan, own. Somebody like Kanan Smith, who was a, and listen, I like the guy, but he was a D level artist. Yeah. Well, you know? here's the thing about him. So if you ever watch The Amazing Race, he was on The Amazing Race. Did you I know, didn't that? know that? Yes. And you're going to remember this. He, because we used to watch, we've watched every season of The Amazing Race. He got eliminated. Um, it was the season with the Globetrotters. Okay. Do you remember that? Like, uh, do you, if, if anybody watches it. I remember. Okay. I remember. So they were in the Bahamas. If you remember, at the slide, that big slide that goes down yeah, that we've yeah, talked yeah. about before that I that went Atlantis. down. Yes. Lost my top. Never found it. Was just topless. Literally. Loved it. Topless. As did all the other dads around the pool. Maybe at that time, because it was probably six years right. ago. But imagine being topless there and at Atlantis and like your room is I, I don't even know how far away and like no towel nothing I'm just like okay and, and nobody helps everybody's just walking by like drinking their rum drinks like this is just normal like we're at secrets or something you know this is not a topless facility folks anyway I digress so his partner would not go down the slide she refused to get on the slide she was like I can't do it I can't do it I hate heights and I mean this is a high 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 slide yeah. and so they got eliminated and the Globetrotters went on. And he was not very nice about it. I remember it. this, yeah. Yes, he was not very nice about it. So that was everyone's kind of first exposure to him. But um, he is very good friends with Tyler Hubbard. And he is on Round Here Records, which is Tyler's uh, imprint. But him and Tyler just recently went um, camping together. And it was hilarious. Like, it poured rain for like three days. They ate food out of a can. I mean, this was like serious camping. Like tents, no RVs. Uh, yeah. Tents, like. Okay. Yeah, this is getting all over me. But um, he is, a, he's cute. I mean, he's a cute man. Not that that, I mean, you know, I say this, but not that that really has anything to do with his success. Or his music. As an artist. It helps, though. It certainly helps, though. Like, you can have a horrible voice and be a very good-looking person, and you will make it. Not necessarily. There's I think there are examples. many examples. No, that was not the case. Many examples. Okay. All right. All right. LL Cool J. Really? Going back to Cali. I like that one. That's a good one. From the 1988 soundtrack, the movie Less Than Zero. Did you oh know this Oh, God. Movie? I, 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 I loved this movie. Um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. And yes, Andrew Jamie Gertz. McCarthy and Jamie Gertz. <gasps> okay, and the book was written by Brett Easton Ellis, and then they made the film out of it. This was during the Brat Pack days. This was the first movie where like, I was in high school, and it was like these rich, rich New York City trust fund kids and all they did was like do drugs, drugs. and party. I read about it. I yeah, see. and party like at Studio 54 and they had this life that like if you were like a nerdy suburban kid that you kind of wanted but you're sort of scared to have it. But it was really a good movie. Oh my God, so good. LL Cool J was inducted. No, actually he wasn't inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Saturday. The induction ceremony was Saturday. Here's the thing. I thought that he was an, an inductee. He, he for years... Like six different rotations of voting has tried to get in, and he's never made it in. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame finally created some, like you got the musical award. The musical okay, what is that? Or I don't know. It but is what so do you mean that, he tried to get in? Well, he, the, the, the voters of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have not voted him in, and he's been, from my understanding, 
politicking and stump it for it. But he's just never got the votes. Okay, I have a crazy question. And so there's some sympathy, I guess, from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they're like, you know what, LL? Just come on. We are going to create a category for you. Is there a rap Hall of Fame? I would imagine so. So, but he wanted into the Rock and Roll Compton. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, this is in Cleveland. Well, it was over the weekend. Yeah, I don't know which is worse, Cleveland or Compton. I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Have you ever been there? I've, not, I've never been to Cleveland. Oh my gosh. I've never I've been, been to Ohio. I've been to the Cleveland Browns game and I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and it is amazing. And then I took a side trip to Cedar Point, Ohio to ride all the roller coasters. So you should go if you've never okay. been. I'll, I'll, I'll plan that. Mm-hmm. Put that on your bucket list. The big thing about the induction ceremony, uh, and HBO is going to air it on November 20th, is that the artists, there's all kinds of collaborations and they do all their hits. LL Cool J perform, going back to Cali, Rock the Bells. Oh, And then J-Lo shows up unannounced to perform All I Have, which was a hit for the two of them, uh, maybe back in the mid-2000s. Eminem also showed up to perform with LL. Unbelievable. Jay-Z was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. One of the few solo rappers to uh, ever be included. Notorious B.I.G. is in there, Tupac, and LL Cool J. But how is that possible if, I don't know. No, and fellow inductee, LL Cool right, J. Right, but he yeah. wasn't, but but again, he wasn't inducted into the official Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this before. They're very strange. Who they let in, who they don't let in. It's like a secret society, you know. And it's always really cool because... The person who usually introduces them and does the official induction is someone who either has done a collaboration with them or has some sort of relationship to right. them. And, and that, those are very cool performances and speeches, usually. Jay-Z did not perform. There were many people, including President Barack Obama, that recorded video messages that they played. Dave Chappelle also showed up. Mm. Okay, If uh, you're not familiar with what's going on with Dave Chappelle, he's been under a lot of fire for uh, some jokes uh, uh, and statements that he made about the transgender community in his most recent Netflix special called uh, called The Closer. And so the, 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 the media has kind of pitted Dave Chappelle against Netflix CEO Ted Sarandos. Um, they've caught a lot of heat. Ted has said, I, I'm not going to pull the special. I, I endorse and support Dave Chappelle. Uh, Mr. Sarandos was there with his wife, Nicole, um, and he was there to support his father-in-law, who was a former Motown chairman, who was getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is messy. Yes. It, on, on, a lot of different a lot of different lines, a lot of different storylines. Can we talk for a minute about Dave Chappelle? Yes. So you and I are huge Dave Chappelle fans. We are, yeah. Love and him. we've gone to see him. I have said to you that the last... The last couple of Dave Chappelle um, shows that he's done, tours, there seems to be a, a, an underlying tone going on, including the one that you and I saw at the Tabernacle. Um, I love him when he is, and, and not just not just controversial. I don't like people who are just controversial to be controversial. I love Dave Chappelle because he kind of makes you think. And he starts one way and goes around and you're like, wait, I, you don't expect I wouldn't it. have said that. But I, yeah, and just really kind of catches you off guard. I said to you, though, when we left the um, tabernacle, I think something's changed. There's a little bit of um, uh, meanness yeah. toward a, you know, toward a certain community, I, I want to say. And, and not, I know he's, you know, a lot of times there's humor that's, you know, shrouded in homophobia. This is different. This is very much directed at the trans community. And he talks about, and he's done it before, because we've seen him live twice. He talks about these run-ins that he has with this community. And he he starts kind of going down an alley, but then he pulls himself back. And, oh, no, no, no. But I love the, you know, I love these people and, the, you know, that type of thing. And I have to tell you, I feel like there's a very mean-spirited undertone here. And I'm saying this as a Dave Chappelle fan. I really like him. I do. Um, and I think sometimes comedy makes you feel very uncomfortable. It's supposed um, to. It's supposed to. It's a lot of times edgy. Um, you know, and I, I know people say, you know, he's not for me or this comedian's not for me. But um, I don't know. I think there's something more there. I have to say this. And I, I think that... I know that in cancel culture right now, everybody's like, you know, 
don't cancel everything. Don't, you know, but I think he, he's got to do some work within himself. There's something going on there and I don't quite know what it is. I don't want to be like an armchair psychologist, but it's something more than just, I'm going to do some jokes at this community's expense. There's something there. We may never know. Well, you know, remember when he fled the country, he had like one of the most successful, the Dave Chappelle show on comedy central, I think. And then suddenly like, everybody's on the set and they're ready to record a new episode for the new season and Dave Chappelle's nowhere to be found and they found him in Uganda or something. And he was gone for, for months and months and months. Yeah. And nobody knew if he was okay. Nobody knew what he was doing. Someone in the audience Saturday night recorded his uh, uh, little uh, induction or speech for, uh, for Jay-Z. Listen carefully to this because in the very first three seconds, you're going to hear him reference the big uh, firestorm about the transgender jokes. I would like to apologize. I'm he says, I would like to apologize, pause, but I'm just effing kidding. So, again, why would you even go there? Roll this back out. All right. Then he had this to say about Jay Z. It's an incredible honor to induct this next man into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I need everybody in the Rock and Roll to know that even though you are honoring him, He's ours. He's hip hop. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. He's, he's hip hop because they're at the Rock and Roll Hall of yeah. Fame uh, inductions. Yeah, and I mean he received a Kennedy Award, you know, Honors Award. That was and a great special. It was a that was a great special. But I think there's a lot of people, and and I think that's the more interesting story is when someone that you have been such a huge supporter for, and it, you find out something about them, and it's something sort of about their character. Like, where does that put you? Talk about that, though. Like, will you continue to support Dave Chappelle? Would you buy tickets to go see Dave Chappelle live? Don't stand up I don't here in Atlanta. Think, I don't know that really? I would. Okay. And here's why. Because I think it, the tone has changed. I, I, It's a little, it's more than a little cringy to me. And like I said, I know that comedy is supposed to make you feel that way sometimes. But I don't, it feels very... Um, it feels like he's really targeting one community. A deep anger. Yeah, something as again. To yeah, a reaction. Yeah, just. and that's the thing. It almost feels like when you're watching it, there's like I said, and I don't know what it is, and this is probably armchair psychology, but there's something more in the psyche there, and it it's just very uncomfortable to me, and I don't, I just don't like it, and and I think he's so funny when he's talking about other things going on that for the past three times I've seen him, this thread has come up and I'm like, why is he continually fishing off this pier and going there? Like, what is it? You know? Um, and the, the special, the closer was my least favorite one because he spent so much time trying to talk about it, come at them. And then on the other end, rehabilitate himself with this transgender person who ended up taking her, her, his life, who, you know, he said that he was so influential in their life. It just felt weird, the whole thing. I think he also knew what he was doing going in because at the very beginning or near the close uh, to towards the top of the special, you remember when he said, this is probably going to be my last, uh, not going to see me for a while or something like that. I think that he knew that his comments for this special were going to cause some some big, big problems. And um, that was kind of like a. What do they call it in the literary world? It was like foreshadowing. That's what it is, Don, foreshadowing. Yeah, it's just like, you know, how many times do you run through that, you know, a comedy thing in your in your head or do you perform it or, you know, do you just go like, you know, this is where I really want to go for the whole thing? I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but, you know, again, I'm a huge Chappelle fan, but I don't get it. Don't get it. Other highlights from the induction ceremony. Tina Turner lives in, or I don't know if she lives there, but she was in Switzerland and could not make it to Cleveland. Um so uh, the Hall Tap country artist Mickey Guyton to perform. Whew. Um, hits including What's Love Got to Do With It. Her and Keith Urban teamed up for It's Only Love. Love that song. Um, which Tina Turner originally did with Brian Adams back in the mid-80s. He got COVID. He came I, down with COVID. There are still people getting COVID. So he couldn't perform. He couldn't be there Saturday night. So they called Keith Urban. Love that. Here's my thing. And he performed it Since her. Jay-Z was there. Why wouldn't the obvious choice to fill in for Tina Turner be Beyonce? Beyonce was not there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Drew Barrymore came out to induct the Go-Go's. They did Vacation. Our love lips are them. Sealed. We got the beat. God, love them. Jennifer Hudson, who played uh, Aretha in the recent uh, uh, Respect flick, took the stage and did uh, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. The Foo Fighters. 
perform Best of You, My Hero, and Everlong. And normally they close the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony with a big all-star jam. All of the inductees are invited out to just uh, jam for an hour. Uh, that didn't happen. But it ended with Paul McCartney and the Foo Fighters doing Get Back from the Beatles. Huge Foo Fighters fan. I'm so happy. I mean, Dave Grohl has inducted everyone and their brother into the Hall of Fame. So it's it's only it's, fitting. It's, it's time for him, them to get in there. So that's great. HBO is going to have it. They'll, they'll edit it down and make it all nice and nice and polished. And uh, November 20th, you can look for it. Yeah, and they're always great shows. I have a big ask of you. Um, probably, was that probably, this is this is certainly the um, biggest ask that I have ever proposed. I need a kidney. I mean, let's just lay it out there. I need a kidney. Here's, here's what's going on. My mother passed about two weeks ago and it's given me the opportunity to reconnect with, with family and friends that uh, I haven't heard from Donna or connected with or seen in decades, most of them. One of those is a cousin that I have and her name is Anne. Anne and my sister Julie and myself are around the same age. Anne is uh, in her mid-40s. And we grew up like spending summers together, vacation together in Cashers, North Carolina, where our families had a home for over 100 years. And uh, the Goddard family has had a home up there as well. Everybody's related. And so we would ride our bikes down the dirt roads and we would, uh, you know, skip rocks and we'd play in the waterfalls and we'd take hikes and do what 10, 11, 12-year-olds do out in the mountains. You know, there were no video games. There were no uh, computers back then, no iPhones, no apps, things like that. Anne's mother, Mary, came, you met Mary. Uh, Mary came to my mother's receiving and to her service. And I learned from Mary that Anne, her daughter, who lives in Hilton Head, she and her husband, Scott, and they have a son, Luke, who is 22. Anne has been struggling with her, her, her kidney for a long, long time. Her, her current kidney failed in March 2020. Now, that was gifted to her by Cousin Jerry. Now, I certainly cannot let Cousin Jerry have all the glory here. I've got to outdo and, and, and um, I've got to coordinate this, this second kidney for Cousin Ann. Okay. I, what you got? Question from the panel. Sure. Um, not your kidney, though, because that's... It's, no, don't. this kidney's for Cousin Ann. No, I know, but your kidney is not in play. No, no, I need yeah. your kidney listening right now. Yeah, because your kidney is okay. not... Yeah. You don't okay. know that, Don. I don't. Okay, yeah. Um, Continue. Normally... When a kidney or an organ fails, you go to the hospital or a dialysis center for treatment. Um, my cousin Ann has been doing what's called a peritoneal dialysis, and that allows her to hook up to a machine every night at home and receive treatment while she sleeps for eight hours, as opposed to having to go to this dialysis treatment center to a hospital and sit for five, six, seven hours a day. Uh, she's still working. She works for a nonprofit in South Carolina outside of Hilton Head. Uh, Hilton Head. So she's able to work every day, but I can't imagine the physical and mental uh, exhaustion that something like this brings. The donor process, the organ donor process has changed. I didn't know this until uh, reconnecting with Anne and, 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 and her mother, my cousin Mary. You know, it used to be you had to find your own donor, okay? You had to find someone that matched the blood type and all that, you know, had to pass so many different uh, rigorous tests, which you should have to do. You're talking about a, a, a human organ. So you'd have to find someone that matched your organ that you needed. That's not necessarily the case anymore. Let's say, Donna, that um, Sally gets screened and, and she is not a perfect match, but she still wants to donate to the Medical University of South Carolina at Charleston, which is where my cousin would have this transplant done. They will match my cousin Ann up with someone uh, that has the perfect match kidney in exchange for Sally donating her kidney to someone else that she matches with. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think it's important that people understand this for a lot of different reasons because I need your kidney now for my cousin Ann, but also moving forward. This process has changed. It's much more efficient. This is allowing people to, to get, move off the list to, quicker. Yes, yes. Why this wasn't done a long, long time ago, I, can't, I don't know why, but it's... Um, it's the new way that many of these organ donation banks and hospitals are, are, are using. 
is this um, only for for um, the Medical University of South Carolina, or is this a nationwide initiative? Depending on the hospital, there are okay. there's a nationwide initiative at at a lot of different places, and with with organ banks as they're called. Um, I know that my cousin Ann uh, specifically. Uh, is doing the program at the Medical University of South Carolina at Charleston. It's definitely a game changer. We we have um, very good friends, um, Rhonda and Lance, Lance Locker, yeah. who Lance passed. Lance worked in broadcast forever in the Atlanta area. And I would say from the time Rhonda and Lance got married, they dealt with this. But during their time period, he was on a list. He was waiting and he was waiting and he was waiting. And it was excruciating because basically life the pause button got hit you know for their that whole time and um ultimately they i think they found one match but um it it's a process so this is definitely um very very good news i'll take your kidney you can gift it to my cousin ann don't we have two kidneys what you got going on over there Donna? you got two i have two right can we have one again it doesn't have to match it doesn't have to match. You've already you've already voided me. You said my they wouldn't want my. I didn't kidney. say that. Okay. You did. I believe we're going to take back PT. Let's test it first before we go there. But I um I will see if I'm a match. I was talking to Ann's mother, my cousin Mary, and she said, you know, as a parent, I would do anything. You know, this has been a part of Ann, who is a mother and a daughter. This has been a part of Ann's life for uh, gosh, twenty plus years. Cousin Mary said to me, it's in God's hands. And sometimes I try to wrestle it away from him. And he wins. Capital H, he wins. So uh, reach out if you've got a kidney. Well, in all honesty, like if that's something no, that you're called, if you're called, Absolutely. if you feel the calling, to have a very real transparent conversation here, I, I have always found it fascinating. People who, and, and this happened Actually, in the situation with our friends, Lance and Rhonda, as I think about it, people who have no relation to the person but are willing to step up and do this. You see it time and time again. I've, I have read stories, and I know you all have too, or heard of people who have literally met people and heard their story and felt compelled to do it. And to have a very, again, transparent, as we always do, real conversation, I've always kind of been fascinated by it but thought, I... I don't know that I'm that person, you know, and certainly I will in this, I will get screened. I am happy to do it because I would do that. But I just find it interesting. It's like sometimes you look at people and you think, I'm not that good of a person. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there are people who do things and you're just, you're overwhelmed by it, that they would do something like that for someone that they had no relation to. But again, it, it, it is part of, being part of the greater good and you're right if you have two and you only need one then come on i mean you're talking about someone who literally needs some a life-giving organ and you know if you can step up and do it i think it's it's great so i you know what i'm gonna go i will get screened i remember hearing stories um about uh, say a parent who lost their child in a car wreck but they were able to harvest we'll say uh their child's heart and mm-hmm. so they donate their heart to someone else and the organ transplant goes well and the heart takes as they say and then the mother of the deceased son goes into the hospital or goes to their home during recovery and is able to hear their or her son's heart beating i mean in the body of someone else and someone else's body imagine. giving life to someone else mm-hmm. i can't imagine can't imagine i think it's the ultimate thing of you know out of tragedy comes opportunity sometimes and I think I've heard that happening a lot where you know something happen will happen tragically to right. a young adult or whatever and they're able like you said to have that person's legacy live on literally in another person there's a process to this whole thing and we can talk about that and I can connect you with my cousin Ann but uh, you after you pass some initial tests and questions then you would go to Charleston for additional testing and that would determine whether uh, your kidney is healthy enough. But again, you don't have to match with my cousin, Ann. They'll take your kidney and put it in the bank, put it in the database, and then match it with someone uh, perfectly. And then take one kidney that, that matches Ann out of the out of the refrigerator. I don't, I mean. Wheel it into the AR and give her that healthy kidney. Let's get this done, all right? You know how to get me. You know how to get at me. I've never asked for something like that. 
Well, it's a big ask. I get it. Well, but you've asked for other people. I think the difference is, is that you certainly in your years of radio asked for many things like this. Um, I don't know that you've ever personally asked. So that's maybe the difference. On a lighter note, I will say that when we were at the funeral last year, last week or two weeks ago, um, when she came in and your sister Julie introduced me to her, she said, um, this is Cousin Mary. And she explained, you know, who she was and everything. And she said, out of the blue, and she needs your kidney. My sister said that? Yes. Yeah, and I'm like, um, okay, right now? Sign here. Yeah. And it was just, it was very funny. But, you know, she, Julie has a great sense of humor too, just like you do. And so it kind of, you know, when you're in the middle, like we've said before, of, of a, a very somber event, sometimes things like that do. And we just started laughing and, and we actually chatted about what was going on. And so, yeah, I mean, if anybody can help, please, if you feel called or compelled, please reach out. And it was my mother's passing that reconnected me and you and our kids with, with this side of the family, my mother's family, you know? Yeah. And I have to say lately you've been doing, you did some over the weekend. You have felt from this funeral, you have told me that this has made you realize that there are some people that you need to go back and reach out to reconnect and reconnect. And maybe they were people, I mean, most of them weren't people that you had any kind of like beef with or grudges, but just, you know, we've talked about this with friendships before. When you get older, it's harder sometimes to to maintain friendships. And sometimes you don't even know why you stopped talking to someone. Maybe it's because your kids got really busy and at the time they were single and then they had kids and you were in a different season of life. And in the void, you just stop calling them. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to call them because be awkward it's going to be so awkward and I'm going to have to explain where I was. And so I always think like the best kind of friend, and I always try to do this with someone and hope, I always hope someone will do this for me, is when someone calls and starts like, I, you know, I'm really sorry. I'm like, don't Stop. worry about it. Stop. You're here now. I'm Stop. just so glad yeah. you called, you know. So I think it's really interesting. You you went and spent time with, a, with, I, listen, with Moby this past week. We'll weekend. talk about it in the next episode. But um, Moby in the morning was a legendary morning show personality at uh, – here in Atlanta at the former Kicks 115. He was a big mentor of mine. When I came to Atlanta in 94, 19 years old, Moby was the morning man. Number one in the market. I mean, listen, Atlanta is a very urban market when it comes to radio and everything, to be honest with you. But uh, the urban stations always outperform everybody else. Moby kicked ass for years and years and years. And he came from a rock station in, in Houston. Houston. Mm -hmm. Here in Atlanta, we're processing the passing of Jovita Moore who is a, um, this is unscripted, this is, uh, I hope I don't get emotional again about this, but Jovita um, was diagnosed with brain cancer back in March. Seven months later, she died. Seven months. And um, and you spent a lot of time with her. I did. Years. I it's did. a great tree lighting. And, and, and Jovita was such a kind person, and she was such a professional, but she was such a kind person, and she connected with viewers here in Atlanta. And so I was trying to, process all of that Friday morning when I heard the news that Javita had passed. And I was like, I need to talk to somebody. And, and you're always a great, but someone who, who, who is in the media and the business and can understand why and how listeners and viewers connect with you as a personality. And the irony is not lost that maybe for some people, I was that person after 25 years in the media. Sure. I connected with Javita when she got here in 98 though. So I reached out via text at 10 o'clock Saturday morning to Moby. We'd spoken maybe in the past year, certainly hadn't seen each other in years, though. So we're texting and, and back and forth, maybe one or two messages. And Moby says, pick up the damn phone. Call me. So that turned the text turns into a phone call that lasts for like an hour and a half. The phone call rolls into a visit. I go to Moby's house Saturday night and sit there and visit with he and his wife, Mary Beth, mm. for about four hours. Hadn't seen him in years. And it was it was awesome because we reconnected now. Moby doesn't text mm -mm. well no. or often. He calls. And so he's, he's we're buddies now again. Uh, and we never, we're not buddies. But you know what I'm saying? Like he's, he called me on the way here today mm -hmm. to the studio. Well, y'all have had an interesting, um, you, you've had an interesting past too. You know, it, it, it goes without saying that you were the young upstart when he was, you know, at the peak of his career, but was, you know, older and everything. And it's, it's interesting because you also always knew that at some point you would be that person in your radio career where 
there's this young whippersnapper that's coming in and they usually come into afternoon drive and, or, or and, nights and or they nights. show up in afternoons and then they wind yeah. up in the morning. And they're just a little cuter than you and yep. a little younger, younger, a little shinier. Right, right. Gray. Hair's not as gray. <laughs> yeah. They've got little younger kids to talk about. And Moby was always gracious, but he would get some of his little he pot, pot shots in. Every and listen, now it's then. still all about Moby. And I learned that uh, Saturday yes. night sitting in his house for four hours. We had a great visit in the letter uh, this Saturday. Uh, I'm, I'm working on an open. Um, that uh, I'll share with you Saturday about the connection that we as viewers and listeners, um, and it's, it's interesting to me to be on both sides because I connect with radio morning shows growing up in Charlotte and I connect with TV personalities like Bob Inman, who was a huge mentor in my life. Uh, he was the anchor at the CBS affiliate in Charlotte where I grew up. And it's all about the connection that media personalities make with the viewers and with the listeners and uh, working on that for the letter this weekend. Moby in the morning. He told me, Donna, remember when, before he got here, there were the billboards all over town and yep. all they said, they were blue, I believe. And then in, in a, a yellow f- font or yellow colored font, they had Moby like in cursive. And that's all that was on the billboards. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, people thought that that was a new ride coming to Whitewater. Yeah. Which uh, Whitewater, if you're not from the Atlanta area, is like a, a water park. Yeah, he all by big, Six Flags now, I believe. He was big time. Yeah, he, he would was. not He would not care if I told this story. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, Sorry, no. Bobby. I mean, no, he, he, he couldn't find a podcast if he had to get text. So tell. Well, no, I mean, he just, you know, I worked a lot with him um, from the sales side. And um, it was just, you know, there was, he was not always filtered. I mean, you want to talk about. Rarely was he filtered. You no. Know, and I mean, you know, now, yes, we can be that way on a podcast. But I mean, this was morning radio and he just did not care. I mean, he would say just some things that you would be like, wait, did he just say that? But I think that's why he made such an impression on people is because he was flawed. He had viewpoints. He was, um, you know, he just was very, he was larger than life. But he, um, he there was a time where, and again, there were probably a, handful and I'm not talking about syndicated radio personalities like a, a Howard Stern there are probably a few in the market now but I'm talking about in the 90s Moby was making a salary of over a million dollars unheard of unheard of industry. at that time you know and and the spots the radios the 60 second radio spots that we were selling in his show at the time were 11 because I remember it was $1,100 club were $1,100 for one 60 second spot so if you think about how radio works, um, you normally have to have about 15, 16 spots. So you're talking about a one-week schedule for fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000. And people were lined up to pay it. it Sold was, out. It was really a crazy time period um, in radio. And I think that's some of what's lost, you know, in radio is um, having those unfilled. You, you can find it on Sirius and places like that. But local radio, you don't find it as much, much more sanitized. So just we've got stories for days he's just a very very colorful individual and i I, there are times he's probably one of the people that i have laughed with the most in my life where i'm just like can't stop laughing because he's a really funny person can i share we got dear preston coming up in just a second i want to i've been working on this piece for the letter i just want to share a couple paragraphs with you real quick you okay with that yeah i said for those delivering where i write for those delivering the news on tv it's critical to win over viewers by exposing the personality for you to test drive and eventually and hopefully embrace. That can be challenging because newsies are reading from a teleprompter and local TV anchors are not commentators, like in cable news, who interject their opinions and beliefs. It's quite the opposite in the radio sector where we are encouraged to share personal stories and our perspectives and convictions with listeners during four or five hour programs each day. We are also able to show appreciation to our fan base when we have an appearance at the grand opening of an advanced auto parts store or a new car dealership in town. No picture exists of Jovita Moore standing behind a wobbly table at a new Popeye's franchise, signaling you to spin the prize wheel to scoop a 20% off coupon for a new crispy cod sandwich. That's because TV personalities are held to a much higher standard than radio personalities, as they should be. She's a special person. She really was. Sending lots of prayers to her family, and she just was such a light for the city. Um, and the thing people may not know about her is she spent a lot of time mentoring um, people. And, and I'm not just talking about like journalism students. I'm talking about women in radio and women in TV and men too. But she was such a huge proponent about women getting their chair and their seat at the t- you know their seat at the table. And um, I commend her for that. 
you'll read Saturday, I bet that Javita was your cheese grits or Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey, your favorite comfort food like she was mine. Godspeed, and may you rest in peace, Javita, the same peace that you gave to millions of us here in Atlanta. So uh, we're working on that. But Very good. Tore me up, tore me up, tore me up. All right, dear Preston. Mm, PT, this, is, this is a shift, let me tell you. PT answers your burning questions about relationships, child rearing, mm. and other questions you might have for a millennial. And define it, you're 20... I'm 28. 28. Which last time my father was very quick to point out I couldn't remember my own age on the podcast. So (laughs) I'm going to say for the record here, I'm 28 years old. 28 years old. So Donna harvests a question from from a listener of the podcast, a pod peep as we call them. And and, and you have no idea, PT, what's coming unless you and Donna have been communicating. Nope. No. And this is is a good one, PT. Okay. Are we ready? Yes, I am. Oh, do, we, do we have a little song? What's our song? Um, Dear cue, the, cue the music. Preston. No, we're, we don't have a we oh. don't have a jingle. A song open. So cue okay. the cue okay. the music. Here we go. Uh, PT, cue the music. Here we go. All right, I like it. That sounds good. All right, Donna, go ahead. Oh, okay. All right, are you ready? Yes. Here we yes. go. Jill is a pod peep from Dothan, Alabama. And she says, as a fellow Alabama graduate, Mm. she has faith in your advice. Okay, here we go. Jill says, I have been dating my current boyfriend, Blake, since we met at orientation at Alabama. We never broke up during college. And after we graduated, we moved in together and we have been living together for two years. Mm. I put a lot of pressure on him to get engaged. We did get engaged two months ago and we're getting married next June. All right. I love how PT's taking notes. You ready? Follow me here. Okay. We have been saving to renovate our house also. In our bathroom, we have the ugliest wallpaper, and our friends even made fun of it and call it Grape City because it's purple with black stripes. My college friend called me the other day to ask me if she could send me something she thought I needed to see. She is single, and she is on dating apps. She sent me a screenshot of a guy with his shirt up taking a picture of himself in the mirror. You could not see his face, but what you could see very clearly is our Grape City wallpaper. There is no denying it. He is using a name called Jeff. It says for his relationship status, it's complicated. I have not approached him yet because I am in total shock. How do I handle this? Do I show him the proof? Or do I just move out with no explanation? I need your advice. Okay, definitely not the second one. Which so was? Move out with no explanation. We're going to rule that out. because okay. And it's not for his benefit. That's going to weigh on you not having that. I don't want to call it a confrontation, but not having that closure moment. and Just like up up and going. I mean, if you think that's best for you, go for it. But that, that doesn't seem like that's the best action to take here. But gosh, man, you threw me a tough one. I'm telling you. I was about to be very delighted that this mirrored my wife and I's story. We Does met it? we met when she was a freshman in college. We dated all through college. We broke up a couple times as 18 and 19 year olds do cuz you're idiots. And then we lived together for 2 years and we got married this past June. They're getting married in June as well. So And you probably thought they were just arguing over renovations. Yeah, when they mentioned the, the wallpaper and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm not really a, a great twist. interior it's decorator." A great, that was city. quite a twist ending. Um you know, the fake name part is not great, right? Because because uh, Jill mentioned in her question there that he's going by a name Jeff. So my assumption is that that's not her. That's not his actual name, and that displays a pretty intense level of intent to go do something and not get caught. Do we follow here? Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, and and not to say it would be fine if he was using his real name, but that is a pretty uh, well defined skirting of the relationship law there. You do need to have a confrontation about this though. I think it's just better for you. I'm not concerned about him right now. He's a sleazebag, so I'm not worried about it, but it's better for you to confront this at a, from a mature perspective and say, I saw this provide an opportunity for him to explain itself, which sounds like it'll be impossible. And then, you know, if you're engaged, this is okay. I have, yeah, I have some new thoughts on this because I have people close to me that are going through really hard times in their relationship. If you are engaged, not in a relationship, but you are engaged to be married, when you get married, 
the commitment that I understand it to be is that both parties will work on a thing together. If I were to go to my wife right now and say, I'm unhappy. And then she would say, okay, well, should we go to couples therapy? Because we're married, my answer cannot be no. That is the promise, is that when something goes wrong, we work together to fix it. That's right, yeah. Now, will this person, will this man make an attempt? That's that's gonna be the thing. But if you're engaged, that means you're willing to have that conversation at least with that person. And they've been together two years, right? They they've have, lived together for two she, years. Okay. Been she also longer, mentioned that like. she kind of put pressure on him to get engaged. Mm-hmm. So maybe he wasn't ready. Well, that's not on her. True. Yeah. I, I mean, at a certain point, if you're an adult and you've been living together for two years, it sounds like you're of a, of a certain age of, to be qualified as, as an adult. You have, um, you know, the right to lay down, not an ultimatum, but an expectation, right? Hey, we've been dating for a long time. This needs to happen or I'm going to move on because I have goals. That's a pretty mature and adult thing to say. But if you're engaged then, you know, the intent is to be married. And when you're married, the commitment is that you work on these things. What do we think he's going to say? It's not me. Oh, hell. Somebody else. Somebody <laughs> else is the exact same wallpaper the, that we the grape, do. The Grape City wallpaper? The Grape City I don't wallpaper. think that's going to happen. The, the, I think the takeaway here is make sure that you take your profile pic, like in your basement, with, yeah. with the cement blocks, some center yeah. blocks, you know, the foundation yeah. of your home. So there's no defining... <laughs> So elements like uh, yeah. grape, grape, uh, grape city wallpaper. So I, I think, I think my wife is okay with me sharing the story because in, in oh, college, boy. okay, now, now it's getting good. I believe I was a senior and in college, one of her friends came across my Tinder profile. Oh, gosh. we had been broken up probably a year prior. So this was a year after we'd been together, but I didn't take it down. So she gets screenshots from her friend, but I had my profile up while we were, Apart, apart and i never took it down well it's also lift up for quite some time I yeah believe, right I, I i mean i even after yeah. you deleted it we started dating right after the dating apps or right before the dating apps got really popular so i really don't have a great understanding of how they work the interest you're probably still on there pt you just don't I, know it you know? it is certainly it's possible. possible seriously what about this nice friend don't you love these friends that are like hey i think it's a more interesting question if you're friends with this person and your friend is getting engaged and you come across this, do you send the friend the picture? I, I think that's a very interesting question. Would you say I would. Absolutely. You would? Really? Okay. Yeah, because I think that and not in a mean spirited way, but I mean, like how uh, that's how this happens is there are legitimate single people on these apps that come across. I mean, like, wouldn't you be mortified? Like, like, OK. I don't know. Or like, then does that person, that friend have something over your, you and like every time they see you and you're like, hey, me and Jim are going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to start having a family. And they're like, oh, are you? But you don't really know what they're talking about. Like, I'm just a big believer, even like I've said this before, like even with my kids, I always hated when you'd walk up someone and they'd say, how such and such, you're like your son doing, you're like, okay, what do you know? Like, I don't like people who... The, the inflection. Yeah, I don't like people who dance around stuff. It's like, just tell me what you know. Well, I'll say, if if I was friends with a couple, and, you know, I found out that the guy was doing this, and I'm friends with both of them, as kind of all couples are, you know, friends with both people, usually. You would go to him. I would go to him and be I like, agree. hey, man, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And then provide, because they're engaged, and I think that's like such a difference. If they're in a relationship, then I'm, I'm going to her. Because I'm like, dump this fool move right. on with your life right but like the engaged thing like is such a signifier to me of like okay you are willing to like burn through these things and break down these like walls as you come across them and sometimes they are self-made uh but i would go to him and be like what the hell are you doing man yeah, and then, like, and then really hopefully get married or yeah yeah and then hopefully you know I, I would imagine having a third party come at you like that is a bit of a reality check of, oh, this thing I'm doing on the internet actually has real life practical consequences, which a lot of times like people who've grown up with the internet, like they don't get it. Age, no. Yeah. No. If you were Jill, Donna, would you go on this site and create a profile and try to trap Jeff? Yeah. Would you? Probably. Really? Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> would you what, would you recognize his titties? I guess you would, right? I, don't, I mean, yeah, or the, or the, abs or, or the wallpaper or something. You know, I don't know. His dinger, you know? If he's got his dinger in his profile pic? I don't know. Maybe. You know, you, know, you, know what, you know what happens is one of his buddies then sees 
her, Jill's profile. Exactly. And it's like, well, no, she she doesn't have a profile. She's um, what are the, she doesn't have a create a uh, fake like a yeah username or anything. It's well, just like a, she's his like an exclamation point. Well, he's like a fake. I don't know. I don't. Know. Says, but his says he has a name. Didn't she tell us a fake name? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't we think. know. Who knows? All right. I think it's a lot of dirty dealing, and just at the end, you have to just get to the bottom of it. Well, and here's the reality too: the wallpaper thing is is pretty rough. There is still, even if it's a one percent chance, there's still a chance that there is like some massive mistake being. <laughs> So like, like within a seven mile radius. Of, but, of, but what I think is like at the 1% chance is the reason you don't just pick up your stuff and walk away. Right. Good point. No, absolutely. And I think that if, if, if everything was going great up until that point, then. Which it seems to. Then, seems to right? Here's what you do. If you're, if you're, if you're not totally committed with the, the, the great city wallpaper, you could send a message and ask him for a pick. You know, and then if they sent you, uh, you know, let me see your dinger, you know, and then so <laughs> then you could confirm Do some dinger match for your. Yes. Through, because you've seen his dinger, right? You've been dating. You're you're engaged. Could you pick that out, though, of a lineup? <laughs> I don't know. Your your fiance's dick. Yeah. Who, why are you doing? Why are you saying this? Well, why would you not be able to? His penis. His dinger. Excuse me. His dinger. Yeah, okay. Could you not? You don't... Donna, okay. let's think of the men. Right, no, 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 no. Glad I could help. No, 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 no. Let's think of the men through the years that, you, that you have that you have um, okay, that you've dated. Well, you know, and, and, and so do you not think... Let's say there are three of them. Mm. If we put them all three of their dingers on a whiteboard... Oh, my God. Could you not, like... Um, you know, it's like a, a game on the price is right. Could you not, like, match the name to the dinger? Sure you could. Okay. All right? right. All right. Yes. All right. Audio for this episode of the My Second Act podcast. Thank you, PT. Very well done. That was very well done, PT. Thank and you uh, listen, if you have a, a question, if a you want burning the, question. The, the take, the perspective of a millennial, and, and not just two old farts, Donna and myself that uh, that sit in here, and uh, well, and also if you have any like uh, anything you want to add to the conversation, who anyone who's oh, listening, yes, I just you add may, a lot. I thought. You may have additional. Uh, you may have additional input that we, the three of us, didn't think of. So reach out. Reach out on social media. Uh, the voicemail text line for the podcast, all messages and texts come straight to my iPhone, 770-464-6024, 770-464-6024. And those come to my iPhone, so don't send me your dinger pics for Donna. No, 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 no. Okay, no. because no. I get them on my iPhone. Yes. Audio for this episode for the My Second Act podcast from Joe Blow, who was in the audience at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony Saturday night and illegally recorded Dave Chappelle's intro for JC. Thank you, Joe. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. This episode of the My Second Act podcast produced by Preston Thompson, PT, who is host of the Georgia Politics podcast. PT is also editor of The Letter. It's our e-newsletter component to the podcast. Fun, light, four-minute read delivered to your inbox for free every Saturday morning at 9-10 to subscribe. Text left on red. That is one three-word run-on sentence. Call it what you will. Left on red. No spaces. Red is the color. R-E-D to the number 22828. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Bye.